Amen. All right, we are in, that's right, the intro to what? Apologetics, that's right. So, and Bobby is not sorry, he's excited about this class and to be a Christian, that's right. We are on page 18 for the, everybody who's in theory has a workbook, okay, I'm excited for you. No more imagination. So if you had to use your imagination last week, it might look different than whatever you imagine. But turn to page 18 and we're going to take a look at that there and uh, take a look again at evolution. But we're going to have a, a couple opening texts in our Bibles, kind of the theme. As I was going through the notes again uh, today, I was like, you know what? These are, I got some theme verses that were popping through my head as we we're going to take a look at the lies of evolution again. And the first one, if you will, open your Bibles to Psalm uh, 14. Psalm 14. And that would help if the preacher got his Bible. But that's right. Psalm 14. Let's take a look there. For those of you online or watching the video, no, I did not get raptured. You're okay. That's right. Or if I did and I came back, I don't know why. But uh, anyway, and... <laughs> give me a break. Hey, Mommy, could you grab me a Bible? I just grabbed a hymnal. And that's not going to help too much. You know, they all look the same. What do you do? I guess I could sing, what, you know, whatever, but that's not going to work. But anyway, I digress, and hopefully this is not as it is, size 2 font. But hey, we're going to keep going there as I stall time looking for the opening text there. Oh, wow. All right, Psalm 14, when you get there, say moo. Moo. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. And again, this is the theme, believe it or not, uh, of what we're going to study tonight. It says this. Uh, uh, let's take a look here. Psalm 14. Here we go. Uh, the what says in his heart? The fool says in his heart there is no God. So as the one guy had said the one time, he says, every time we celebrate uh, uh, April Fool's Day, what are we celebrating? National, National Atheist Day. The fool says in his heart there is no God. That's what God says. I didn't say it. He says they are, and because of that, you say there is no God, what's, what's it produced? They are what? Corrupt. Their deeds are vile there is no one who does good okay you go down that route it's going to ruin everything the lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand any who seek god all have turned away all have become corrupt there is no one who does good not even one and of course paul reiterates that in romans chapter 3 okay we're all cut off okay and uh, that's what it produces but now flip over to romans chapter 1 we've been here several times but i want to pick up on this word fool and that's what God says. When you actually have the audacity to say there is no God and continues to do that, it not only destroys you, but you're acting like a fool. Okay, is the theme there. Romans chapter 1. Let's take a look there. Verse 18 again is the context. And here's what Paul says. He says, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people. Well, how, how to get that way? Well, what are they doing? They're suppressing the truth by their wickedness. Well, what do they do? Well, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God's made it plain to them, and here's how he did it. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, his creation, so that people are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile, and what's the word? Their foolish hearts were what? Darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became Fools and exchange the glory of the immortal God for uh, images made to look like mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles. Then it goes on, therefore God gave them over and that's where society began to go downhill. Not only for the Romans, but certainly today's we saw. So that's the kind of theme as we're dealing with because we're going to continue to look at the evidence today. What about evolution? Okay, I, I really think that's the issue. Is This is why our country is going down the tubes because we have the audacity to say there is no God and God would say you are acting like a bunch of fools. Okay, excuse me, all this evidence, you would turn a blind eye to that. Guess what? You reap what you sow. You're going to go down the tubes. It's going to get corrupt. It's going to get vile because if you don't believe there is a God, you're going to act like it. And that's exactly what's going on today. So we saw already in chapter 1, everything has a beginning. Chapter 2, everything has a design. And here in chapter 3, page 18, what about evolution though? I mean, come on, it's got to be true, right? E wrong answer. No, it's not. As we saw last time, well, first of all, which evolution are you talking about? Because there's six different ones and they don't even agree with each other. And we saw the classic bait and switch. What they do is to try to get you to buy into this lie called evolution is they take the only one that we do see and that's just simply species variation, okay, which would be a big dog, little dog, black dog, white dog. And that's, that's, we do observe that. 
And it's an unfortunate term, just because it says evolution in the term doesn't mean that it proves evolution. It just simply means variations within a species, within a, a kind, okay, of animal, okay? Look back, it's still a dog, different color, different size, whoop de do. okay? So they take the one thing that we do see and they say, well, that makes this true and this true and this true and this true and this true, and that's not true. As we saw last time, there's no evidence for any of that. And that's what we begin uh, to deal with in great detail. We saw that Darwin's theory of evolution, first of all, cannot explain where the universe came from. All right, so you want to say that everything came from a ball of dirt. Where'd the dirt come from? We even saw the kind of humorous one that they actually believe, okay, with the chemical evolution, that everything started from a gas, right? Now, okay, it's already been passed. We've already had the experiment. I hope some of you brought a camera. How many guys at our chili cook-off on Sunday, you actually videotaped evolution in action? Did anything evolve from that event? I hope not. <laughs> okay, anyway, it's crazy. So just because you say it came from dirt, came from gas, came from whatever, we don't see that. There is no evidence for that. That's not science. That's a belief. That's faith. And remember, you're supposed to keep that out of school. So why am I paying for that as a taxpayer? Second, we saw that Darwin's theory cannot explain how non-living uh, things turn into cells. Okay, there is no evidence for that. And they know it can't happen. Even mathematically, it is literally, absolutely, astronomically impossible. How many guys are ever going to put a Rubik's Cube together completely blindfolded? Ain't going to happen. How many guys are going to do it 2,150 times in a row correctly blindfolded? Well, that's the odds if you're going to see a single cell. It's, it's crazy. They know it's not true. It's beyond a mathematical probability event. Way beyond that. They know it's not true. And then we ended, of course, if you're here, with the Miller-Urey experiment, the supposed experiment where they proved that life can evolve. Well, first of all, excuse me, used intelligence to prove that there uh, is no intelligence to make something evolve. It's crazy, okay? So before you even got into it, it's flawed, okay? Uh, but we saw that the experiment was full of lies, and they deliberately took things out, and it still didn't work. Okay, so that's one. So now we're going to get to number three, Fossil evidence does not support Darwinian macroevolution. I'll repeat that again for those of you who need to fill in a blank in your workbook with no longer any imagination. Okay, fossil evidence does not support Darwinian macroevolution. So you can't explain where the universe came from. We see no evidence from your vantage point of your theory. You can't explain how non-living matter turns into living cells. Again, does dirt blow up on its own? No, it takes a grenade or something. Right? That's a guy thing, but somebody needs to help it out. And so we don't see that, and neither do we see all these fossils that supposedly prove evolution taking place over millions and millions of years. Okay, we've talked a little bit about this before, but let's go into it again. Here's what it says. Charles Darwin said that the lack of fossil evidence is, quote, the most obvious and serious what? Objection to his theory. However, he predicted that future fossil discoveries would vindicate him. So in other words, we don't see it now. We don't see it anywhere. I can't find it anywhere. Nobody's found it anywhere on the planet. But don't worry. That's right, Tom. It's just like Star Trek. Far away. And land far away. And start date 15,500 when Pastor Billy actually finishes the book of James. We might actually, for those of you in that class. <laughs> hey, we're in chapter 2 now. <laughs> Lord willing, if we don't get raptured. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that somehow, you know, it'll be there. We don't see it anywhere, but surely give it a time. No. How long has it been? 150 years? You know how many they got? Zero. And let's continue on, okay? He says this, he believed that fossil hunters would eventually find a great many transitional intermediates between the major groups. Here's your blank. In all caps, they didn't. They don't have any. And again, this is what should be in great abundance. I'm not going to go into it as much as we did before, but just to give you the example, what does he mean by transitional fossils? Well, believe it or not, evolutionists believe that a bat evolved from a rat, okay, as we saw before. That's actually what's taught, okay, that the reason why we have bats is over millions and millions of years, these slow transitions, the rat evolved into the bat. And we saw, well, wait a second, that's kind of crazy, uh, but how does he, just try to picture that, you know, how's that going to happen? Well, because a rat's got legs, you know, he's got four legs there, and a bat's got two wings, okay, and then you got, you know, he's got all this sonar capabilities. He doesn't have any, this stuff like that. And this guy walks and this guy flies. And these are some major changes here. How does this happen? So if you could just have to imagine it, because that's all the proof there is, 
Okay, but somehow the rat is going to have to lose two legs, and I don't know, he got in a an accident or something, I don't know, you know, truck was going too fast, I don't know, so somehow, but, and then somehow these got to get squished out, maybe the truck ran over him and started to flatten his legs out, and they, you know, what? and then somehow he's going to have to learn how to not walk on two legs, but fly and do something like that, but as one guy points out, he says, even if you could somehow get to the halfway point, okay, and of course it's taking place over millions of years, at some point he's going to have half leg, half wing, okay, so that means he can't walk and he can't fly, can you, yeah, he's easy pickings for somebody on the ground who likes to eat rat bat thing, whatever it is, okay? And dead rat bats don't evolve. It stops right there. But it's just crazy. So here's my point. Imagine, because that's all you got to do with it. Imagine. All these, all these changes, slow, miniature, mutations, or whatever they want to say caused it all over this thing. And all of a sudden, oh, he back, back. Here it is. Ooh. Now, stop and think about this, logically. These are all dead animals that, you know, kept changing, kept changing, and supposedly procreated, but kept changing, kept changing. Kept... All right, when you dig in the dirt, what should be the majority of the things that you find? All these transitions. There should be millions of them. You know what we find? None. All we find is fully formed rats, fully formed bats. That's ridiculous. And that's what Charles Darwin says. This is, this is the most obvious serious objection. Now, I really think this happened... But all we ever find right now is rats and bats. But I'm sure future fossil hunters will find out all these. Every time you dig a hole in the backyard, you should be coming up with all kinds of transitional fossils. of All kinds of, you will find nothing. It's not there. We find zilch. This other guy, David Raup, the curator of the Field and Science Museum of Natural History in Chicago, he said this. We now have a quarter of a million fossil species. But the situation hasn't changed much. We have even fewer examples, okay? Even fewer examples of evolutionary transition than we had in Darwin's time, okay? And I'm going to give you one example tonight, but Lord willing, when we pop back out of our study and continue on our evolution study, and I want to deal with some lies in the textbooks, okay? Uh, folks, this whole eight-man baloney, that's a, it is a bunch of baloney. They faked them, okay? I'll just give you one quick example, and I'll give you another one later. But uh, we talked about this before. Nebraska man, Nebraska man that's supposed to be, you know, proof that man evolved from apes. You, you know what? A, Nebraska man, the whole thing, he's built up. You can, you can see a cartoon picture of him, maybe even plaster of Paris in the museum, okay? But you know what the proof they had to build this whole hairy-looking creature that they have made into looking like a half-ape, half-man thing? You know what it was? I'll try the best I can. Well, that's, a pr that's too big. That'd be a monster. Uh, maybe about that size. There we go. Um, it's all found from a, a, a pig tooth. I'm not making it up. Nebraska man came from one tooth, and they found out that tooth it wasn't even belonged to a human. It was a pig. And they built the whole thing off of a tooth. You got to be really good to know what he looks like from his tooth. And he's a pig. And <laughs> what, you liars? I'm telling you, folks, I can't wait to get to that stuff because I get to expose all the baloney that they have in textbooks. Okay, so it isn't that we just don't find them. What supposed evidence they say, oh, oh yeah, we found them, the missing link, the missing link. Liars. They, 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 I'm not kidding you. They, they file them down. They take an ape jawbone and a human skull. They file them down, stain them to look like they match, put them together. They catch them all the time doing this stuff, folks, because there is none. And even if they did find one, which they don't find one, it's still ridiculous. You should find millions and millions of them. And still today. I'm t that's why I say, honestly, if this was true and everything evolved in a process of evolution, not just rats and bats, but humans and apes, but cats and you name whatever animal, whatever, every time we dig in the dirt, what should we be pulling up? A transition fossil from something, we find none. Okay, and that's what he says there. Uh, he says this, Michael Denton, he goes on, he says this in his book entitled Evolution, A Theory in Crisis. He said, the, the universal experience of paleontology is that while the rocks have continually yielded new and exciting and even bizarre forms of life, what they have never yielded is any of Darwin's myriads of transitional forms. <clears throat> Despite the tremendous increase in geological activity in every corner of the globe, they're looking everywhere, folks. And despite the discovery of many strange and hitherto unknown forms, the infinitude of connecting links has still not been discovered, right? Even now, more so than in Darwin's day, we can get around the planet, and they're digging all over the place, and guess who's paying for it? And they still can't find nothing. 
And the fossil record is about as discontinuous as it was in Darwin was writing the origin. The intermediates have remained as elusive as ever, and their absence remains a century later, one of the most striking characteristics of the fossil records. How, can I retranslate that? One of the most obvious evidences that evolution's a lie. And it's not true. There is no evidence for that. Flip the page. Now, what does the fossil record show? Right? So that's what they don't find in the fossil record. But what do we actually find in the dirt? Well, first of all, major gaps in the fossil record. Uh, most of the missing links, quote unquote, that Darwin uh, predicted would turn up are still missing. They're still missing. Is your blank there. In fact, I'm going to give you a little teaser. We can get into this, uh, Lord willing, later. Uh, but but uh, not the supposed layers, folks, they don't tell you the other things that they do find in them that are not supposed to be there. You guys familiar with the geologic column? Lord willing, in our next study, I want to deal with some evidences uh, of a young earth that we have not been here for millions and billions of years. And so we'll, we'll cover some of this stuff and we'll deal with the geologic column. The geologic column, okay, is if you look in the textbooks, it's supposed to be that little layer of dirt. You know, they have, it's also, it's also convenient and it's even color coded. That's right. And you have all these different layers like this in the, the workbooks and supposedly man's up here at the top, right? And, you know, modern animals and things of that nature. But here at the very bottom, you know, at, uh, you know, the Cambrian layer or whatever, you know, 600 million years ago, there was only clams and mollusks and whatever. And then slowly it came to reptiles. You know those things? And then somewhere in here, the Jurassic period was the dinosaurs. And then it continued to evolve and blah, 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 right? Right? Do you know where that exists in reality? Nowhere but the textbook. It's a cartoon. Because you don't see that. They made that up. They made that up. Okay? And you might say, well, see, we know that this fossil is, you know, 18 billion years, you know, whatever, 18 million. Really, how do you know that? And they say, well, it's because of the layer that we found it in. It was right here in this layer. Okay, well, how do you know that that layer, who makes this stuff up? How do you know that that layer is 18 million years old? Well, it's because of the fossil that was found in there. I'm not making it up. That's exactly what they do. It's called circular reasoning. So we date the fossils by the rocks, but the rocks by the... What? They make it up. What they don't tell you in this, I'm just going to give you a little teaser of where we're going to go eventually in a few weeks. It's a bunch of baloney. This is their major dating method. Most of the times when people say, oh, we know that uh, this thing is, you know, 25 million years old, um, we assume, well, it must have been uh, carbon dating. Mm, carbon dating doesn't even work back that far. It's only like 5,200 some years. Okay, so that's a lie. Uh, even the radiometric dating methods, okay, typically when they date something, typically they don't even use those. They simply ask, where did you find it in the dirt? And this is really the big thing that they use most of the time. Okay, but there's problems with the other dating methods as well. But again, I'm going to tell you, if this is supposedly that you had clams and mollusks and trilobites, at the very bottom here, and then evolved all the way into man, let's put that to the test. What do we find in the dirt? If that really did happen, you're already making up the dates as you go, but if this really happened, then we should find that. Again, this in its complete form exists nowhere on earth except the textbook. Okay, but let's put it to the test. All right, let me, let me share with you some things that they find. The mid-pleistocene uh, uh, layer, they found two human skeletons in a skull, the lower layer, they found a pelvis, a jaw, an upper arm bone. The Pliocene layer, they found three skulls, footprints, and sandal prints. Oops. Miocene, Oglocene layer, they found a skull, a jaw, and another shoe print. The Eocene layer, they found a skull and a tooth. The Paleocene layer, they found a cast iron cube. What, what, excuse me? How, where'd that come from? What, did frogs get together and build that? Let me, let me, the, the Cretaceous layer, the Cretaceous layer, just I'm going to throw out some dates for you. The Cretaceous layer is supposed to be 130 million years ago. You know what they found in that layer? Two human skeletons, a skull, footprints, a finger, cast metal nodules, and a hammer. I've got the actual video of that actual hammer that they found. We'll see it with our own eyes, Lord willing, uh, if we don't get raptured. Okay, uh, what? What's a hammer doing supposedly 130 million years ago? You know what some people actually say? When they come across this, aliens. It was aliens back then. I'm telling you, that's where they're going. They have to deal with this. That it's messing up their whole dating game, and that's what it is. Okay, but now the, it's, the aliens have become the uh, thing for all that. The Jurassic layer, uh, Triassic layer, 180 to 225 million years ago. You know, with dinosaurs, they found leg and foot bones of humans and footprints. How do you explain that one? I thought man and dinosaurs weren't. 
read your Bible. Permian layer, they found footprints and handprints as 275 million years ago. The Pennsylvanian layer, 345 million years ago, they found a footprint, iron pots, tools, and a gold chain. See, I think I've discovered, based on the evidence, why the dinosaurs went extinct. Apparently, with this gold chain activity going on here, the dinosaurs were into bling. You know what I'm saying? They were hip, they were happening, but they got, you know, like us today. We got to keep up with the Jones, and so they went into debt. So I think their economy crashed, and they all starved to death. That's what caused the extinction of the dinosaurs. What is a gold chain? <laughs> it's about as logical as that, isn't it? Right? It makes total sense, okay? Uh, but anyway, the, the, the Mississippian Devonian layer, 405 million years ago, they found footprints and a precision pattern. Uh, the Silurian or Devikian layer, uh, 435 to 480 million years ago, they found a skeleton and a sandal print. Now get this, the Cambrian layer down here, anywhere from 550 to 600 million years old, people say different ages there, they found in this layer, and this is where everything supposedly started from, evolved all the way up. They found sandal and footprints, iron bands, and sandal prints that were discovered embedded right on top of trilobite fossils. They have an actual print. You'll see it with your own eyes. Somebody stepped on a trilobite. You can see it. A footprint, a shoe print of somebody stepping on a trilobite. It's completely upside down, folks. It's a bunch of blind. Why don't you teach that in school? Why don't you show that on the History Channel? Right? I mean, you're hip on showing aliens this, aliens that, alien encounters, alien, alien. How about show that? that? That would probably get some good ratings. Oh, you're not supposed to know that, that we're lying, okay? And that's what's going on there. Uh, let's continue on. He says this. He uh, s continues to say, he says that they're still missing, okay, despite the illustrations and scientific textbooks. Where's the evidence? Illustrations, cartoons, you have to draw it in scientific textbooks. Uh, he says, there's, of showing a gradual transition from ape to man, there is no hard evidence for it. In the case from ape to man, virtually every missing link has turned out to either be man or ape, but not a, a transitional kind of ape man. In fact, some of them, and we'll get in, into this, a whole study just on this, and all the examples, uh, he says some of them were deliberate hoaxes. And I'll just real quick, I think we talked about this before, but just to whet your appetite, I want to deal with one of the most popular ones, and that is Lucy, okay? Little did you guys know that all those episodes you watched in black and white was proof, no, wrong Lucy, you crazy kids, right? This is not, yeah, you, anyway. Uh, this is uh, the, the supposed evidence for evolution. Lucy, you see it all the time, they say it all the time. Listen to this, just real quick, briefly. Lucy has been almost universally accepted as mankind's supposed ancestor. Discovered in 1974 in the Dar Valley in Ethiopia by a guy named Donald Johansson. He named it Lucy after a Beatles song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. You know, LSD. You know about the Beatles. Anyway, but that, that might understand some of the inspiration for what he did. Listen to this. Uh, when the bones were studied by spectrograph, they actually matched a chimpanzee, not a man. Line number one. What scattered bones they did find were assembled from totally different locations. Listen to how far away. The knee joint that was supposedly Lucy's knee, he found was a mile and a half away from the rest of the skeleton. And as one guy said, how fast was that train going when it hit that monkey? All right? And who in their right mind you're out? Oh, by the way, he discovered Lucy right before his grant money ran out. Whew. But anyway, so you found, right? You're sitting there walking and you find a couple bones. Okay. Oh, hey, it must be evolution. You're walking, I don't know, maybe got lost in the jungle or something. And next thing you know, you're a mile and a half away. You look down, hey, there's the knee joint from that thing I found. Where are we? What? What you will find, folks, is they piece them together. They try to squeeze them. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. And this, and I'll take this, and I'll have this. That's what they do. That's what he did here. Okay, Donald never corrected them. He said that he thought Lucy was becoming human due to the fact that an ape has a straight femur, but Lucy's knee was angled at the side like a human's. Now, that's true. We do have the angled femur. But although monkeys that walk on the ground have a straight femur, monkeys that climb trees have angled femurs. So all this shows was that she was a tree-climbing monkey as opposed to a monkey that walked on the ground. That's it. Had nothing to do with humans whatsoever. Okay? And then, if that wasn't bad enough, St. Louis Zoo put up a display of Lucy with human feet on her with a bunch of hair on it, hairy toes, right? 
I'm going to go there in case somebody has hairy toes here. But <laughs> don't, let's just skip that. Get that out. Don't put that in your imagination. That'll ruin the study. No, so, but here's the point. They put that, the whole thing together, like the Nebraska man, right? Supposed to Lucy has supposed to be looking like this, you know, whatever ape woman looking thing, right? And uh, has these hairy looking human feet on. You know how many feet bones they found? Zero. Pure propaganda. You didn't find not even a foot bone, not even a piece of a foot bone. You just made it up. You want it to be true. Okay? And that's exactly what's going on. As it turns out, okay, when they look at the evidence, Lucy, they believe now it's just a tree climbing monkey. And some feel that they might still be alive even today uh, in Sumatra down near Vietnam. That's it. But that's your evidence for evolution. It's a bunch of baloney. Okay? Philip Johnson, let's continue on. He says this, the author of Darwin on Trial, he reminds us that there is no fossil history of a single-celled organism changing step-by-step step into complex plants and animals. On the contrary, the major groups of animals all appear suddenly in the rocks of the Cambrian era and no new groups appear thereafter. You know what he's saying? What we do see in the evidence is when we find dead things in the dirt, it's almost like they all popped on the scene at the same time and that's all we ever find. Well, gee, that's what the Bible says. God made all the animals, bang, there they are, and that's it. You find fully formed rats and fully formed bats, and so shall it always be. You find nothing in between. That's what he's saying there. Now, the next one, he says there, what about the Cambrian explosion? Okay, here's your blank there, the Cambrian explosion. Well, this term is to describe the layers of sediment from the Cambrian geological period. We saw down here, okay, if you can see there. Uh, and he says this, uh, he says it's estimated to be about 550 million years ago, and uh, it shows a sudden appearance of about 100 phyla of plants and animals. Biochemist uh, Michael Behe uses the phrase biological Big Bang. It's your next blank there. Biological Big Bang to describe this geological period. Commenting on that period, atheist uh, biologist Richard Dawkins says this. This is wild. He says the Cambrian strata of rocks, vintage about 500 million years, well, I always love this stuff. I've got to point this out, and we'll talk about this Lord one later. But 500, so we've seen that one person said 550 million years for that same layer. This guy now says 500 million years. I looked up another one today. They were saying 600 million years. How would you guys like to have that variance on your next test? How would you like to have that variance of guesswork on your taxes? How many guys would say, we go, let me out of here, would be your next step if you did that? <laughs> And these guys just throw these out here. I'm not talking, you know, a couple years difference. We're talking tens of millions of years. It's all guesswork is what's going on. But anyway, so he says 500 million years. He said, are the oldest one in an advanced state of evolution the very first time they appear? It's, listen to this. It's as though they were just planted there without any evolutionary history. Needless to say, this appearance of sudden planting has delighted creationists. The only alternative explanation of the sudden appearance of so many complex animal types in the Cambrian layer is divine creation. That's the blank there. That's what he said. He says this should excite the creationists. It does excite them because the evidence shows that why if I didn't know better, God did it. He said it. So here's the point. Then why do you persist? Why do you sit there and say it didn't happen? You're looking at the evidence square in the face. Number one, because we saw you don't want there to be a God. That's why. Number two, Peter called out and says, you're going to be willingly ignorant. You're going to take a look at these dirt layers and you're going to see there is no stinking way. There's no evidence whatsoever. And all we do see is as if a divine creator created them fully formed right there. Willingly ignorant, the text said. Nope. I'm going to turn this way and go this direction. He just said it. It's like you can't put two and two together. What's going on? There's a disconnect. It's because you don't want there to be a God. Dr. Jonathan Wells, who earned a doctorate in religious studies at Yale Graduate School uh, and a doctorate in molecular uh, cell biology from California, Berkeley, said, this is absolutely contrary to Darwin's tree of life. These animals, which are so fundamentally different in their body plans, appear fully developed all of a sudden in what paleontologists have called the single most spectacular phenomenon of the fossil record. Can you believe it? But you can't believe in miracles, right? And so they admit it. Even the non-Christian, even the atheist community, even the evolutionist community admits it's almost like they all just popped on the scene. That's all we find. But you know what? In Stardate 15,322, maybe we could find 
the actual piece of a foot bone of Lucy and somehow continue with our theory. But again, if this thing were true, what should we find every time we dig in the dirt? Millions and millions and millions and find nothing. And what we do find agrees complete with the Bible, fully formed. That's it. All of a sudden. Right? Let's continue on. Top of the next page. Uh, Stephen Meyer, uh, director of Discovery Institute for Science and Culture, he says this, to put the Cambrian period into perspective, uh, perspective, if you were to compress all of Earth's history into 24 hours, the Cambrian explosion would consume only about one minute. The Cambrian explosion represents an incredible quantum leap in biological complexity. Before then, life on Earth was pretty simple, he says. Of course, now he's going to kind of go on an evolutionary thing. One cell bacteria, blue-green algae, and later some sponges and primitive words and mollusks. I always like to ask this question. Really? So were you there? Did you see this? And oh, by the way, what is your evidence? And where is your proof? There is none. All they got is cartoons. And they just keep repeating it. And then why do people believe it? Because you control the schools, you control the media, and the axiom is you repeat a lie loud enough, long enough, and often enough, people believe it. That's all you got. So anyway, so I'll continue on though. And then he goes this, then, without any ancestors in the fossil record, hmm, we have a stunning variety of complex creatures appear in a, what's, what's the word there? A blink of an eye. Where'd they come from? <laughs> Geologically speaking. He says this, he even admits it. All this totally contradicts what? Darwinism. Then why do you still believe it? Why do you promote it? Why do you teach it? Why do I have to pay for it? It's not science at this point. Now you really do have a belief system. You got to have faith to believe in this because it ain't based on evidence and it's not based on science. He says it totally contradicts Darwinism which predicted these slow, gradual developments of organisms over time. The rat to the bat. Darwin admitted the Cambrian explosion was inexplicable and a valid argument against his theory. He insisted uh, that nature takes no leaps. Okay? He thought he would be vindicated, however, as more fossils were discovered, but the picture has only what? Gotten worse. <laughs> so they admit it. So why do you continue to push it? What do you want to do? I like this guy's tactic. He goes from this. Because they'll say, well, you, you, what, what are you trying to say? You want to get the Bible back in school? What are you trying to do? Teach religion? Well, first of all, you're teaching a religion because no, you've got to have faith to believe in that. All right? But he says this. He says, don't even bring that up. Just deal with, deal with their evidence because all their evidence is based on lies. All their evidence is a bunch of cartoons. There is no scientific evidence for it at all, period, ipso facto. He says, so just go at it from this angle, okay? I'm not saying put the Bible in. I'm just saying kids should be taught the truth, right? If we're gonna teach our kids, teach them the truth. So how about we just take anything that's not true and take it out of the textbooks? You know what it would gut it of? evolution and you know what one guy actually said when he brought that up that point in a debate he says hey i'm just saying don't lie to the kids do you, and he put them on the street what do you want to do lie to the kids is that what you do and you know who, who's going to how do you answer that one from their point of view oh, he says what well, you just want you want to deliberately lie to the kids just get get i'm just saying keep good science in there get the things that are not accurate that are not true get them out you know what the guy actually said he says well if we if we take that out what are we going to have for evolution not making it up how about shorten the book by a page or two or 15 or 20? <laughs> what? It's crazy, okay? He continues on. Paleontologist Stephen Gould, he says, all paleontologists, how many of them? All of them, the guys digging in the dirt, they know that the fossil record contains precious little in the way of intermediate forms, i.e. none. Transitions between major groups are characteristically abrupt. In other words, just fully formed, that's all we find. They all know it. He says this, the extreme rarity of transitional forms in the fossil record persists as the trade secret of paleontology. What did he just say? Shh. We're hunting rabbits. We're lying to you. <laughs> you know, shh. Liars. That's what he said, trade secret. We all know it, <laughs> except for you guys. <laughs> and here's my cartoon. Isn't it cool? Cartoon, no more fuds, right? Uh, the evolutionary trees that adorn our textbooks have data only at the tips and the nodes. You know that tree of, the supposed tree of life thing? And it's like, it's got humans and elephants, you know, all the things we see today. But down there at that tree at the bottom was the clam and the mollusk and all these things that supposedly happened, you know, through this thing. 
He, what he said there, listen to what he said. He said, those things, he says, that have adorned our textbooks, he says, have a data only at the tips of the nodes, the very end, what we see today, the humans. He said, the rest is inference, however reasonable, not the evidence of fossils. In other words, all that other stuff is make-believe. It's not based on evidence. We want it to happen. We want everybody to have evolved from a trilobite. And would you stop showing that picture of that person that stepped on one? You're messing up my theory. Right, Bob? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's what they do, okay? Uh, let's continue on. Darwin's theory of evolution cannot explain irreducible complexity of molecules. All right, real quick, let's do that. On page 154, Origin of Species, Darwin says this. If it could be demonstrated that any complex organ existed which could not possibly have been formed by numerous successive slight modifications, then my theory would absolutely break down. You can feel free to repeat after me. Then your theory has absolutely broken down. We just spent 10 weeks on it, right? Of dealing with all the complexity from the telescope to the microscope. So he admitted it's broken down, right? And yet they still persist. Darwin imagined the cell to be something rather simple. Was it simple? Did we see that? You remember that? The supposed simplest cell, the paramecium, is more complex than the space shuttle. That did not evolve. Right? And if it did, we got cheated. You know how much money we paid for that thing? <laughs> it didn't, okay? Recent discoveries have shown that a one-cell organism is more complicated than anything uh, been able to recreate through supercomputers. Right? We can't even do this stuff. Okay? Okay, and let's continue on. Bruce Alberts from the National Academy of Sciences, he says, we have always underestimated the cell. The entire cell can be viewed as a what? Factory. Who builds factories? People with intelligence, okay, and a plan, a design that contains an elaborate network of interlocking assembly lines, each which is composed of a set of large protein, what? Machines. Who puts together assembly lines? Who builds machines? Man, what does man use to do it? intelligence does it evolve no i wish it would it'd be cheaper but we ain't got the time it doesn't happen that way okay is the point what why do we call them machines listen he says precisely because like machines invented by humans to deal efficiently with the macroscopic world these protein assembly lines contain highly coordinated moving parts do you guys remember the bacteria flagellum motor just the spinning tail on the e coli bacteria that thing had a motor that was absolutely mind-blowing had a, a, a stator, a rotor, a shaft. It can go a forward and reverse in, a, in, on a dime, 100,000 RPMs one direction, bang. Go to, you'd shred transmissions in a second like that. And it, would, it had to, uh, the same uh, uh, power of that motor uh, would be like you and I swimming through peanut butter at 60 miles an hour. Absolutely mind-blowing. I'd like to have a boat like that. I have a feeling I probably want to ride in at one time before Ron would be doing my funeral. But thanks, Ron. Try to do a good job, please. Tell a corny joke when you start. People identify. But uh, it's like, what? Give me a break. Okay. And that's what we saw there. Top of the next page. And let's finish this section out and we'll close. Michael Behe, the author of Darwin's Black Box. And uh, he explains that the recent biochemical discoveries show numerous examples of this very kind of irreducible complexity. And that molecules are made up of many parts that interact in complex ways. Listen, and all the parts need to be there. All the parts need to work together. Okay, and we, we just, uh, uh, that's uh, irreducible complexity. That the smaller you get, the more complex it gets. It doesn't, see, evolution says the smaller you get the cells, it's supposed to be simple. And it started out simple and easy, and it just evolved simple and easy, and then started to get more complex into what we have today. That's not what we see. The more you irreduce it, the more you get smaller, it gets more complex. Exactly. What you, that's exciting. You're, hey, you're this awesome. Did you? You guys must have went home and ate beef to counteract that thing, that bucket. Okay, that's good. But anyway, uh, absolutely, okay. And that's what we uh, see, okay. But anyway, as we saw, you don't even have to go into that far to realize that all parts have to be there fully functioning. Something as simple as a mousetrap. Mousetrap has five moving parts on it. You take away any one of those parts and it doesn't work. That's just five moving parts. Our bodies have 50 trillion plus cells. And you're gonna say that happened by chance? You're gonna say you don't need your uh, lungs no, you have to have them. You don't need your brain. With, you had everything else but no brain. You don't need your heart. All of it has to be there fully functioning like a mousetrap or it doesn't work. You can't by nature evolve a human body. It's impossible. You have to be there fully functioning on the scene. And it's not just the human body. It's all creatures. Even the cell. There is no such thing as a simple cell. Okay? He says this. He says, any single part does not have useful function unless all other parts are also present. 
much like a mousetrap would not function if you remove even one part. Uh, to Darwin, the cell was a black box. Its inner workings were utterly mysterious to him. Okay, but you know, that's right. Some future fossil hunter, somebody in a faraway day will vindicate him. Well, guess what? We finally got to the point, using our intelligence, we now have the technology to look inside the cell. So now it's not a black box. It's not mysterious. So what did we find? Here's what he says. The black box has been opened up. We know how it works. So applying Darwin's test to the ultra-complex world of molecular machinery and cellular systems that have been discovered over the past 40 years, we can say that Darwin's theory has what? Underline it, put some fireworks around it, circle it, asterisk, whatever you want. Quote, absolutely broken down. So why do you teach it? Why do you believe it? Why do you promote it? Why do you cram it down our throats every single day in the educational system and the media? Because the Bible said in the last days, a scoffing generation is going to arise who's going to mock creation, mock God, mock Christianity, mock the second coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, whatever. Where is this coming? And it's all going to be because you chose to act like a fool in front of all this evidence and say, nope, there is no God. And even though it was staring you square in the face, even though we can quote you having the words coming out of your mouth admitting it, you'll say, nope, I'm willingly ignorant. Can you believe that? Absolutely. And the whole time, remember what was the theme of the intelligent design? Intelligent design is not science. And all we looked at was science. And at the same time, they say that intelligent design is not science, they're back there going like, but we are. <laughs> you liars. No, you're not. No, oh, it's a trade secret. You control the textbooks. You're lying. Okay? And then when you try to share it, have fun. Okay? And, uh, but we do our best. Molecular biologist James Shapiro, Chicago University, he said this, there are no detailed Darwinian accounts of the evolution of any fundamental biochemical or cellular system, only a variety of what? Wishful speculations. That's not science, right? That's a fairy tale, okay? We'll continue here. Michael B., he says this, maybe these molecular machines and these biological systems look designed because they really were designed, Tom, okay? <laughs> the only force known to be able to make irreducibly complex machines is intelligent design. Why ignore intelligent design when it's a good match to the data? Yes, we have to keep an open mind in science, but we shouldn't go on the other hand and ignore the most obvious explanation for all the evidence we have today. Everything that we find today agrees with the biblical account. So why won't you admit it? Because you don't want there to be a God. It's that simple. Because you want to follow your ungodly desires. This is why I'm, this topic, uh, me personally as a Christian, I'm extremely passionate about. Because the more that I've studied it over years, and even when I first started as a brand spanking new Christian, when you start doing the homework yourself, and you realize how much of a lie this is, it almost infuriates you. I would hope not in a fleshly sense. I would hope more in a truly a righteous indignation, if you will. And that you have the audacity, you sit here and call me a fool, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, a fool that we believe in God. But the scripture says you're the fool because you have the audacity to turn away from all this evidence and you're suppressing it from the people. And you wonder why our society is going down the tubes. And it's our job, it's our duty to get this out to the people who are being lied to because you're not going to get it anywhere else. Amen? Lord willing, next week, can't wait to share it. Didn't quite get there. A little thing that uh, worked together has been researched. DNA. We've seen how complex that is. DNA is ridiculously complex. Some new items have just come out, just came across this some, with the DNA. DNA is not just intelligently written like an encyclopedia, okay, that could fill the Grand Canyon 40 times. DNA, actually, the code can be, is written forwards and backwards. It tells a message this way from left to right, you flip it around, it tells another message going this way. But there's no way in the world that could ever evolve. And it's even worse than that. It overlaps and stuff. But Lord willing, we'll get into that next week. Let's go ahead and pray. 
Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries, and I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven, and that's because God is holy and we are not. The Bible says that the wages of our sin or our unholiness or the wrong things that we have done have separated us from God. And the wages of our sin or unholiness uh, means that we deserve to die and receive God's judgment to go to hell and not heaven. In other words, we're disqualified for heaven. And that's because God being holy and us being not, the two cannot mix. So what are we going to do? Well, that's bad enough. The other problem is we don't even want to admit this dilemma, even though God already knows it all. And so out of love, God gave us something called the Ten Commandments to show us that we're really disqualified for heaven. We're not holy. We're not perfect like him. Uh, let's take a, a look at just a few of those uh, here today. Uh, the Bible says, the Ten Commandments says, you shall not bear false witness. That means lying. How many of you have ever told a lie before? Well, those of you who didn't raise your hand, you just did. Okay, let's be honest, folks. Let's not tell another lie. We've all lied. Well, believe it or not, that disqualifies you for heaven. That's how holy God is. He is the truth. He does not lie. And so that makes us a liar. Another of the Ten Commandments says you shall not steal. Okay? How many have ever taken anything without permission? Well, all of our hands should have went up at that one. Uh, we've already said we're a bunch of liars. Okay, well, we've all done that. And it doesn't have to be a bank. Uh, it could be a pencil in the third grade. Uh, that means that we're a thief. Okay? The Bible says that God is so holy, even his name is holy. And that's why one of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. Hey, folks, isn't it ironic how uh, now the blessed name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved, Jesus Christ, has now become a cuss word? Folks, the Bible says that's the sin of blasphemy. Okay? And folks, let's be honest. We've used God's name in vain uh, before. The Bible also says in the Ten Commandments, you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus takes the standard even higher. He says, listen, it's not just physical adultery. He says, surely I tell you that if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you've committed adultery in your heart. God looks at the heart. One more out of the Ten Commandments says, you shall not murder. And you might say, well, hey, I haven't done that one. Really? The Bible says that the sin of hatred is akin to the sin of murder. You, in other words, in your heart, wish they were dead. You pull the trigger, if you will, in your own heart. And the Bible says God sees that, and it's just as bad. He knows the mind. He knows the hearts, the thoughts, and the intents that we have. Folks, that's just five out of the Ten Commandments. How are you doing? Not very well. None of us can keep them. They're God's x-ray to show us that we're disqualified. And so when, not if, your time comes, because we're all marching towards the grave at different speeds, you're going to have to stand before God. And you're going to have to uh, say who you really are. He already knows. Hey, God, let me into heaven. Uh, I'm, I'm a liar. I'm a thief. I'm a blasphemer, adulterer, and a murderer. Folks, the Bible is clear. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That's the problem. Here's the good news. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him, what he did on the cross, on our behalf, that we will not perish, we will not go to hell, but he will give us the gift of eternal life. Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of all of our sins. It's something that we don't earn, we, we, we can't earn. It's a gift, the Bible calls it, and a gift cannot be earned. He was taking the death penalty in our place. That's what the cross was of the day. And that if we would just ask Jesus Christ to forgive us of our sins and believe that in our heart that God raised him from the grave, showing that his death is satisfactory to God to forgive us of all of our sins, no matter what we've done, the Bible says we shall be saved. Uh, the Apostle Paul says that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the grave, we will be saved. Let me give you a common analogy of what God's doing and what he did for us with Jesus dying on the cross on our behalf. Uh, in life, we know that people uh, can be sentenced for a crime uh, to where they're actually on death row. Uh, the courtroom scene has completely finished. The gavel has already sounded. 
they are going to jail and they're just awaiting their time before they go to the death penalty. Uh, as they're sitting there in the jail cell, uh, it, it's a proven fact they did what they did. Everybody knows it. They're just waiting for that time for their uh, number to come up, so to speak, and walk down that hall and be executed. Uh, there's nothing they could do to reverse their crime. No amount of good works in that jail cell can reverse what they've done. It's too late. It's over. But believe it or not, there's one way that people even today can get off a of death row. And that's if the one in authority, the governor, if he were to, out of mercy and kindness, nothing that the person did, because they don't earn it and they don't deserve it, and they can't earn it, if he would grant them what's called a pardon, out of the kindness of his heart, he has the authority to grant them a pardon and absolve them completely of their crimes uh, against the state. And did you know that there's actually been people that this has happened to, that the governor, out of mercy, has granted them a pardon as a gift, and they've gone down to the jail cell and handed that person, extended it through the bars, here, I'm granting you a pardon. If you would just receive it, you can go free right now. And did you know that there's actually been people who've said, no, I don't want your pardon. And so what happened is of their own doing, even though they had a way out, they still had to go to the death penalty. Folks, can I tell you something? That's what God did for us with Jesus dying on the cross. He sent his son to take the death penalty in our place. He, God, has the authority to grant us through Jesus a complete pardon. And every day that you're still alive, God is extending to you spiritually this pardon. But a pardon does you no good unless you reach out and receive it by faith. Won't you do that today? Won't you call upon the name of Jesus Christ? Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins, to trust in his work on the cross, to pardon us from all of our crimes, our sins against God. God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. But there's only one way to heaven. It's Jesus. There's only one way to get off a death row. It's through the cross of Jesus Christ. Won't you do that right now? Well, this has been Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and, and Get a Life Ministries. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless. Thank you for watching this presentation from Sunrise Baptist Church. If you would like to send us a letter or any other kind of postage, you can reach us at 1780 Betty Lane, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89156. For more information, you can give us a call at 702-452-8599 or email us at bcrone at getalifemedia.com or you can visit our website at www.getalifemedia.com. Billy Crone and this ministry can also be found on Facebook and Twitter. Join us for services at www.sunriselv.com.